0: This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want. And the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent-matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering, development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. So if you check them out at the show's link, that's hired.com slash freelancer show, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. That's $600 instead of $300. So go check them out at hired.com slash freelancer show.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Freelancer Show. I'm Philip Morgan. I'm your backup, backup host. With me today is uh, panelist Jonathan Stark. Hello. And special guest, Meg Cumbie. Hi there. Meg, glad you're with us. We're going to talk about testimonials, but first, for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do?
2: Sure, I'm Meg Cumbie, and uh, I am a consultant who helps other consultants and agencies get social proof without the awkwardness. So my core service is helping to collect and gather testimonials, uh, sort of in a do it yourself or sorry uh, done for you way. I interview people's clients, you know, take care of all of the putting the testimonial together, handle all the edits and approvals and just make it much easier for, uh, people to get effective testimonials from their clients. So that's essentially who I am, what I do. I, and I'm, I live in uh, New Brunswick, Canada.
1: Awesome. I'm trying to think if I went through New Brunswick on my road trip from Banff down to Seattle, would I have, how far is that No, from?
2: no. So New Brunswick's on the East coast.
1: Oh, I feel like an idiot. Yeah. So <laughs> it it's
2: near St. John's, right? St. St. John's, yeah, we could we could go through a a whole uh, geography. <laughs> I've had to do it before.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think but, our uh, our American listeners are due for a Canadian yeah. geography lesson. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> so uh, New Brunswick's just on the other side of Maine.
1: Okay, so not yes. not quite Nova Scotia, right? Not that far nope. east.
2: Yeah, not that. It's right next to Nova Scotia, which is actually where I'm originally from.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I stopped in and. Airplane and they put fuel in it on the way to Moscow one time. Right, that's in yep. That's my <laughs> that's my Nova Scotia experience. <laughs> well, let's talk, let's talk about you. How did how did you get into this line of work, Meg?
2: I started I started as in my consulting career as a communications consultant, mm-hmm. which draws on my background as a, a communications specialist and also a former journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, about four years ago, I was started doing communications consulting. Later on, uh, in fact, the, this particular business idea came out of uh, the W Freelancing Conference I went to, um, I think it was originally born of the one I went to in 2015 and then sort of group grew- Grew on, uh, sort of on the idea um, in 2016, talking with other consultants about how difficult it is to get testimonials, and that maybe there was a pain to be alleviated. There, drawing on my background as, you know, a person who writes materials and also interviews people, um, it just seemed to make sense as a fit, and I, that I could uh, use my skills to 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 fill that uh, fill that hole. Uh, that there didn't didn't really seem to be anybody who was out there doing that, uh, you know, for this audience. So, so that's sort of how it came to be.
1: That's awesome. One of the things I'm very interested in, and I I think, you know, for, for those of you listening, (laughs) we are going to get Meg to give up some advice on her area of expertise, but I'm curious about this, this thing of like what opportunity looks like before it's obviously an opportunity. And you hinted that maybe you you spotted an opportunity that nobody else had seen or somebody else had seen and they kind of wrote it off or it just didn't really look like an opportunity yet and and you saw it at the right moment. So I'd love to ask some questions, Meg, about what that was like. So how did you um, feel confident that people had this need for Mm. help with getting social proof?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. It certainly wasn't um, obvious from the very start. In fact, you know, it took over a year before the opportunities really um, started to seem to to gain momentum, if you will. Um, I'd had a sense of like that I wanted to uh, offer a very I've had long term clients for a very, you know, long time and um getting new clients isn't something I've really had to do a lot of so I knew there was a certain ceiling with continuing with uh just doing what I was doing there was only almost so much I could do so I think yeah in those in, in those initial conversations um it was more trying to find where what could I do for other people you know and so that's you know and then it, it didn't really hit you know I remember having a conversation with a prospect and it it it. it I, I didn't hit on the pain. That was the thing. It was more. I, I was focusing more on what I could do as opposed to what the pain was. Mm-hmm. And it really was as I got started having more conversations that I, I didn't. I sort of let the idea drop after that first flop of a prospect uh, okay. thing call happened. So yeah. I think that that was something that was maybe a mistake to do, which was drop it. As I brought it up more, you know, one one person's not a data point, or it's not a it's not a it's not data. It's an anecdote. So. Right yeah it was more as i as I had more conversations about and asked you know and saw people asking about testimonials or how to get case studies and then I dug more on why it was painful or difficult. That's when the pain really came out and that's when I really was found how I could help people was focusing more on the pain they were experiencing. So I don't know if that answers the question at all, but it was, it was a lot having more conversations and realizing that I was focusing on the wrong thing, which is I was focusing on what I could do when I really should have flipped it and focused on the pain first.
1: Interesting. Okay. So you had like kind of a hunch. Okay. Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe social proof is, is some kind of challenge, but your first, Attempt to learn more about it. You were focused more on the outcomes or the process (laughs) and not the pain. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that was it. I don't think I was asking enough why questions.
1: Okay. So let me ask you this then. Maybe you just kind of are leading into this. When you go to see a doctor, they're going to like poke your body. Does it hurt here? (laughs) When Mm -hmm. I do this, what does it feel like? What did you do to get people to admit that they were in pain or to help you understand how they were in pain?
2: Yeah, I think because I'm part of the audience that I'm catering to, I had a an advantage uh, in that I was in forums and groups, and uh, in, in and um, I'm part of a accelerator program that where the I where the pain came up without even me asking about it. <laughs> it just came up in conversations, oh, uh, hmm. and then I, that's I, so it was more me. Having my ears pricked up for oh wait. <laughs> and it, that really that I wouldn't have come up with the idea of like getting social proof without the awkwardness, that idea of the awkwardness. I, I never clued in that that was the real pain. And for me, it was just, I'll oh, make it easier for you. You know you don't have to spend the time when it's really the awkwardness that's the pain. so it's it was a lot more of just listening and then pricking up my ears and then asking more. I was like, oh well, why it's why is it awkward? Or, you know, why, why, why not just do this way? And then, you know, really what people wanted was just to have it done and not have to think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Was there a transition where you, before the transition, you were like, okay, this is interesting, but I don't obviously see how to make this pain better. And then after Mm -hmm. the transition, you had some specific idea about how to make the pain better?
2: I think, I think that, like I said, I, I, I think my process was a little bit different than let's say some other pro- people going through the process after they read um, the positioning manual or uh, that, that you wrote um, mm-hmm. in that I had this, I, I, I kind of lucked into the solution that the solution came first to me. It's just, I didn't know how to hook it to the pain. Got it. So okay. ineffectively. So I, I had pieces and it was more in these conversations that they became connected yeah, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well,
1: it does to me because that's that's pretty much how we all have to go about it. Is <clears throat> like we it, we might be sort of academically interested in problems that we can't solve for people, <laughs> but
2: mm-hmm.
1: ultimately in market research, we're looking for a problem we can solve, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's and I think that's the thing. It just uh, you know, like said, realizing that, and and it's it's different for you know, that, that, how to solve that pain is not the same for everybody. Not, you know, my service is not the right thing for every single person out there who needs a testimonial. It, you know, makes sense for, for example, larger engagements, uh, or client, you know, to interview clients with, you know, that you've received a larger engagement for, you know, yeah you know, because the price point of my service doesn't, you know, if you're, if the whole engagement is $500, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't, make as much sense as if you're doing for example five-figure engagements so but uh yeah I, I think that's the the thing is just being attentive in those conversations and asking more questions eventually some pieces start to fall together fall together when you've been when you're thinking about this stuff all the time
1: we have the inventor of the the term why conversation on the line here yes <laughs> you can't <you> <laughs> <laughs> think that there jonathan <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, the thing that uh, Meg's mentioned a couple of times that I have observed myself is that once you can get out of your own way and stop thinking about your capabilities and your skills and the things that you have give you a sense of mastery, that's all super important. You need to be good at what you do, and you need to focus on it for a long time to get there. But if that, once that's sort of done or you're, you're, you're pretty far along that path, Mm-hmm. it's dramatically different to flip it exactly like you said, Megan, just think about, okay, you know, I've got this tool in my toolbox, or maybe I've got an entire toolbox of tools, but I need, you know, I'm not going to go around door to door and say, Hey, I've got all these tools. How, you want me to use them on your house? You need to like wait and just like, I think you said, perk up your ears, which I love is like, kind of like have your radar out there for people who are spontaneously complaining about some problem that they have. And you're like, Oh, I've got a, I've got a solution for that. But then change your marketing around and change all the conversations. Once you, once you identify that and you see a pattern or a trend and you believe that there's value there for them, enough value there for the receiver that you can uh, charge a price that is going to exceed your costs, AKA give you a profit. Then Hmm. you can start to, Package that expertise up in a particular way that makes it really, they really connect the dots for the people who you are ideally suited to serve. And, you know, going through, I mean, the, the why conversation piece is specifically for, for value pricing, custom engagements. I'm curious, it, Meg, you mentioned that you have a price. So like, you know, my, my price doesn't make sense for people who aren't doing, you know, doing smaller than five figure engagements. So one of the questions that I've, I'm wondering is how do you currently package up your expertise? to sell? So, it,
2: yeah, so it, I do a productized service. So my, my prices are up on my website. Um, and, uh, look, right now I just have these, uh, uh, this core service offering. I am, you know, looking for opportunity, like, again, Sort of uh, listening to my customers or clients and looking for opportunities to expand it. But yeah, it is a productized engagement. So that's, I mean, which is not, you know, of course, you know, there's value pricing that makes sense for certain things. I felt for this particular engagement where I am right now, productized service made the most sense.
0: Sure. It's, it's a, a very, it's a very.
2: Oh yeah. And it's a very predictable process. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same process with every, you know, I have, I have a certain process that I go through. So it, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. You know, I know, you know, a happens then B then C then D like, you know, it's a pretty, you know, there's not a lot of uncertainty in the process.
3: Right. Yes. It's the way most people buy most things. So it's really comfortable for them once they get over the once they get over the notion of hiring a consultant or a freelancer on an hourly basis, and, and you present yourself as like a lamp, you know, you're like here's this lamp that you can buy. It's going to do these things for you. There's no, it's not as crazy as it might sound to somebody who hasn't tried it. It makes it way easier to sell, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to un, you know because it's easier for the buyer to understand, and Absolutely. easier for you to optimize and and promote and market and sell and deliver and everything. Everything gets so much easier.
2: Mm. -hmm. Absolutely.
3: No, do you? But you just have currently. You have the one product I service, or are there other? Do you have adjacent products or services that you could sort of upsell or downsell to for people that were in a different position, or is that maybe on your roadmap?
2: that that's on the uh that's definitely on the on the roadmap. i've got the main uh core offering i, I mean technically it's presented as two services on the site but it's really just uh, either a package of one or a package of three uh introducing testimonials so it's the the core of it is just the one service so uh but yeah definitely looking for opportunities for what makes sense to you know go above or below those that service or or adjacent to <laughs> mm-hmm yeah good yeah i think uh i, I i've this is uh I'm, I'm trying to think here it was really only end of last year started or end of uh, 2016 beginning of 2017 is was when i started offering the service so it's still it's still uh growing and yeah.
3: what do you do to get the word out or or how do you it said you it sounds like you're connected with a bunch of communities that are ideal, you know, mm-hmm. for your, or at least, or at least some ideal buyers are in that, in those groups. And you go on podcasts, obviously. <laughs> um, are there, are there other things that you you have done or you're thinking about doing that were, have been, or seem to be effective at attracting ideal buyers?
2: That's mostly it. I've, I've found that so far the, the most effective, um, marketing channels if you want to call them as re- relationships and referrals um so uh, and i'm am fortunate to have like uh if, like I said to be part of those communities uh where you know uh that i'm I've built up some trust and that, that you know i'm a peer in so and you know getting referrals from past clients getting some recurring business from let's say an agency level or um clients so you know it's we're I, I actually am packaging this into like sort of an exit interview sort of as part of their process for example so uh you know so that it becomes a recurring service every two three months maybe or something like that so it's it's I'm, we're starting to do that so that's and then of course you know it's, i'm starting to inter- get interviewed on podcast so those are those are mostly the the marketing channels that i'm using i'm uh, I haven't gotten into email marketing yet, um, so uh, but that's something I'm looking into as well. So.
1: I would love to pick your brain about social proof, largely testimonials, mm-hmm. maybe specifically. Uh, so I'll start with softball. What what is social proof? Why does mm-hmm. it matter?
2: Sure, I actually just started reading this book called Influence by Dr. Robert Cialdini, uh, who is one of the experts in, uh, in influence and persuasion. And, uh, he's got a whole, I think the way he, like he says, the statement of social proof is really, um, or the principle of social proof is that we did the one means we use to determine what's correct is to find what, uh, what other people think is correct. Um, it's, you know, a whole—it's—it's a, it's a way of say you know there's—it's a way of backing up with other people's actions or words,
0: mm-hmm.
2: what you're saying.
0: <laughs> right.
2: It, most broadly, I'd say so that you know testimonials are one form of it, of course. But yeah, it could be either behavior or, or any form of um, endorsement or that you know, basically, but, but showing that other people back up what you're saying
1: okay okay Sh- saying you're not alone maybe is yes. a-, a fun way to say that absolutely you're you're not the pioneer who's going to get all the arrows <laughs> you're, you're you're the settlers. precisely, <laughs> yeah.
2: precisely. Yeah, no yeah. that's that's a big thing uh I, I, what is it i think sean Souza gives an example in his uh book um mm-hmm. It might have been. I, I, I read the Secret Life of Testimonials and The Brain Audit around the same time, so sometimes I forget which is which. But I think I think it's him that gives the example of like you know you go to a restaurant and you know there's a line out the door. You know you even you know even though you think it's going to be more crowded, obviously it's a good restaurant if everybody's going there and nobody's keeling over from food poisoning. So
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So it really it's about I guess. I mean, do you think testimonials or, or social proof are really about risk? Like, mm-hmm. this is proven. We're we're not going to try this out for the first time and potentially suffer the consequences.
2: Exactly. Um, that that absolutely would be it. Um, and uh, yeah, they they help minimize risk for the buyer and mm-hmm. looks uh, and and build trust. You know that hey. In in our like stock talking about, uh, let's say in a consulting context, you know, that the investment has paid off for others and, and gotten them the results that they, you know, that, that, that made the investment worthwhile. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Just for folks who maybe don't know, or maybe have some different picture in their mind when they hear the word testimonial, Mm -hmm. what is a testimonial in the context of, you know, uh, business services?
2: hmm. So it, I would call it uh, broadly a, a third party endorsement, whether it's written or in a video interview or audio. It's it's your your client's words telling uh, other people the experience they had by. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> your client's words telling the other people the experience that they had uh, as a result of engaging you.
1: Got it. OK. How is that different than a case study? I'm going to pepper you with a bunch of kind of (laughs) newbie marketing questions that I know some folks have. So how is that different than a case study, which also talks about like the experience a client had with a service provider? How is the testimonial different? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I I would say the key difference is a case study uh, is not in the client's. It's not um, being presented as the client's words. You know, it's, it's, you know, you can write your own case studies uh, without, you know, you can say, you know, I worked with X company and we, you know, we did this and delivered X results and solved this problem. Uh, You can do that without, but I I think a testimonial as uh, from the client's mouth. So, you know, whether that's quoting as a written content or the, you know, you're actually seeing them or hearing them say the words, then that, that's where I would draw the distinction. For sure. I, case studies, I, you can certainly, I think testimonials can act like case studies, often many case studies. Um, but I think the other way around doesn't work because a case study can't necessarily be a testimonial because it's not, it's not coming from the client. It's coming from you.
1: That's great. So I, I don't know if if the folks listening, were as excited as i was when you said <laughs> that you help people get testimonials without the awkwardness <laughs> but that last part to me was just like rang out like a bell it was so resonant why why is it awkward to get to uh, what approach a client and say could you write something nice about me like
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. why, why is that
1: off i mean maybe i'm making it obvious by how i'm saying it but why is that awkward Whoa, for that's people
2: yeah, I think I think you hit the nail nail on the head. It's uh, you know, uh, you know, hey, you know, Philip, what can you tell me? You know, tell me how great I am. It sounds really. <laughs> yeah. Where
1: where do I begin?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's really awkward. Um, it's you know, you're asking somebody to evaluate you to your whether it's, uh, actual face or, or, you know, virtual face, it's, it's tough and it's tough for, it's not only tough to ask. I think there's a lot of things that go into the awkwardness. I think there's, um, on the part of the consultant, there's the part of the worry that they'll say, no, you know, that, that feels, it doesn't feel good to be rejected. Um, I, a side note, I used to be a, a long time ago, call center agent and, uh, one of the outbound calls and I had to get rejected over 150 times a day. So that was, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> I can tell you it does not feel good. Nobody wants to feel rejected. Uh, and then uh, the other parts about, like I said, just asking people that for direct feedback, good or bad, it's, it's hard to tell people to their face. It's so much easier to tell somebody else, you know, why, you know, why? evaluate an evaluation of that person. Um, and then awkward. I think that people are also worried about the burden of, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. They They're worried about leaving clients with a blank page syndrome or creating extra work. So that also feels awkward, you know, as, and, you know, sometimes after the engagement's over, they, people don't know when to ask for the testimonial, it's, you know, so that all those things go into the awkwardness of it.
1: Yeah, I can see that. So, you do it the right way, or a, a way that's a meaningful improvement over the way most people are probably going to do it. What's what's your process for getting getting a testimonial?
2: hmm So for for me, or like a testimonial from my clients or a testimonial for my clients on their behalf.
1: Great question. Actually, I don't know. Um, Ooh, is, is it? Uh, different? What's the difference? Yeah, is it? Different?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we get. Uh, yeah. The, the one difference is, uh, at the moment I do my own, uh, for when I want a testimony from my clients, I do my own interviews, um, because I, and I I am looking eventually to train somebody to be able to do mine so I can get the same benefit that I offer my clients. Um, so there's the key difference. And then, of course, I also write them myself as well. So um, that would be the key difference. But essentially, the process is the same with the exception of the having to introduce myself uh, to the client. Obviously, they know who I am. So Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it'll be helpful to just run through how I do it for my clients.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that's probably, you know, pretty similar to a process that listeners could adapt for themselves. So how do you do it for your clients?
2: Sure. So first I get them to obviously select a client and um, send them uh, a a request, either email or in person um, to uh, ask them if it would be okay for them to uh, speak with me. So it's something along the lines of, you know, been a pleasure working with you on the project, love to get the way the the big way uh, that I really Help people with this and get over that fear of sending out that email is frame it as a customer service opportunity. So it's I'd love to get your thoughts on your experience of working with us or me. Um, you know, what what and what we were able to accomplish together and how how things could have been improved. You know, so it's not just asking for all the, you know, hey, tell us what a good job is we're doing. You know, it's it's also asking for their it's 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 framing it as a chance for them to give their feedback uh and then you know from there you know yes you, you put in the ask for the you know if, if it's okay we could do it in a phone interview uh you know 20 to 30 minutes is usually sufficient and uh and then the the key line that i sort of came up with was with your permission In this case, you know, they're saying for me, you know, like, oh, they they introduce them to me that I'll be doing the interview. And then they'd say, with your permission, she would also write a testimonial based on your feedback and send it to you for your approval. And then, you know, may I get the two of you in touch to schedule time for this conversation? So it's an easy, it's an easy introduction. It's a, it's a, it's a way to like sort of remove some of that fear of you're asking them for something and they're getting nothing in return. They're actually getting a chance to give their feedback. Your chip's showing that you care about their feedback, good and bad. So, uh, that's the way it starts. And then from there it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll send a calendly link to the client, which makes it easy for them to pick a time for their own, their own convenience do the interview uh which we can talk more about interview questions um that help get the best answers after the and then I uh yeah then I get the interview transcribed use it to write a testimonial send it to my client first to make sure that I've you know understood the context and also minimize back and forth with the client if there's a detail I didn't quite understand, especially if it's a technical person. and then we sent I send it to the client for their approval. There's usually no changes. if there are, they're usually minimal, and then uh, we okay it for publication. I also include a um, in at the end of my engagements, I include a uh, summary of additional feedback received. Uh, so that's, which could be used to help improve, uh, marketing or service, um, your, you know, your, uh, your services, um, whether that's, you know, good feedback. So you can double down on what works or use it in your marketing messaging more. Like maybe you weren't really identifying the pain in your marketing messaging that, you know, you were, uh, that you actually solve or like what's really important to your clients. Um, you can, amp that up in your marketing messaging, uh, or, uh, something that you did for this client that you could replicate for that. They really appreciated that, that you'd replicate in your other engagements. And if there's anything negative uncovered, you know, then fix what doesn't work, you know, whether that's how you present something or actually, you know, changing some, a way that you do things. Um, getting negative feedback's actually not a bad thing. It you know, I I'd, I'd rather uncover negative feedback and know what I need to fix than have it sitting there in the client's mind and uh not not delivering an optimal service. So that's that's essentially the process.
1: It sounds so easy, but I, I, have, <laughs> I have I have questions. <laughs> okay, so asking for the testimonial is this uh like I you know, I have done this myself many times. Um, I've set up a system for doing it for like people who buy a product where it's a bit lower touch and I feel like it can be automated. You mentioned sometimes that happens over email. Sometimes that might happen face to face, maybe remotely, but like during a real time call. Mm-hmm. Um, I know with asking over email, people sometimes do not leap up in joy when you email them the first time and say, You know, would would you tell me, give me some feedback? Uh That usually doesn't bubble to the top of their to do list for for some mysterious reason. I have no idea why. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, like, how do you approach that? Do you follow up? Do you follow up indefinitely? Uh, What advice do you have there?
0: This episode is sponsored by Linode. Do you need a Linux server for your latest creation? Then check them out. They provide SSDs, forty gigabit per second network connections and top of the line hardware to run your server on. It deploys Linux in seconds from the Linode cloud and you can choose your Linux distro and node location right from the manager. They have locations in Asia, North America, and Europe and they have a sweet set of tools to make it easy to manage it. If the web interface isn't your thing, they also have an API and a command line. So definitely go check them out. They also provide two-factor authentication, IPv6, DNS manager, cloning, scaling, and everything else that you want. So definitely get the most out of your Linux node and check them out at linode.com. And check them out at devchat.tv slash linode.
2: Well, this actually ties to a point um, that I like to bring up sometimes is it's that um, one of the things that you know, can make it more successful to get testimonials is building a really good relationship with their clients. You know, it shouldn't, it, it they shouldn't feel, you know, if you, if, you, if you're not very, um, if, if you don't, you know, that, that includes providing great service, of course, like to, to the point where they want to help you out by providing you feedback. I think that's a huge bit that, you know, obviously has to occur. During the engagement, you know so that's that's one thing if you build a a good relationship you know in a point where they feel like there should they would like to reciprocate kate and and you know do something for you that helps um in terms of um that ask uh definitely following up uh I'd say two to three follow ups if it's an email um Typically, I, I really have, I've only seen rare occasions where the client doesn't respond um, or says no, it, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen that often, but it, it can, there, there are times when the clients, you know, uh, or when the client has a policy of not giving testimonials, you know, there's no point in pulling teeth, you know, so that, that's where I would say, I think it is, it's also good if it's not the first time um, that the client has heard that you'd like their feedback if you can bring up that expectation earlier in the engagement you know whether that's at you know in your you know welcome materials bringing it or during the engagement saying you know this is great working together you know before we finish up i'd love to get your feedback you know on, on how things have are going or have gone with the project that helps a lot you know and and that way it's not the first time obviously by the time some certain clients come up to me i i you know we have you know, it's the engagement. Sometimes it's over, and we can't undo um, that. But you know, th- those are ways that you can make it more likely that the client will say yes.
1: That's a really interesting idea, John. I'm curious, Jonathan. Do you do you do that? Do you ask for like mid project feedback? I uh, so it's
3: different for different things with the my expensiveproblem.com site work, so where I'm talking about ditching hourly billing and value pricing and all that stuff, I'm super proactive about capturing testimonials, and I I probably have over 100, because every time, because I do a lot of email back and forth with people, it's pretty low touch. It's not like long-term project work in most cases. But when people spontaneously... say something super flattering or just like really moving or you know whatever it is they they just share some kind words and encouragement I have a a, just a quick easy response that I send to and I love the awkwardness pain because that's exactly the problem I just have this pat little thing and I don't even know what it is because I have a keyboard shortcut for it (laughs) but it's something like You know, OMG, that's so awesome to hear. Uh, It's totally fine to say no, but would you mind if I use this? If I share this on Mm -hmm. my site, it's that's it. And they they just say yes or no, and then uh, I and this is a question that I've been been wanting to ask. I think you're going to get to it anyway, but so if so, just we'll put a bookmark in it. But I I find that, you know, someone could just make up testimonials. So, so I'm curious about what makes a testimonial seem truthful. Mm -hmm. And, and the way that I have approached that or tackled that in the past to make them seem real is I just leave them raw, however Mm -hmm. they were written. I don't, sometimes I even leave typos in (laughs) because I don't want them to look edited or fixed or Mm -hmm. like revised. I want them to be like the raw spontaneous emotion that came across in the person's original statement. And I feel like I I, I absolutely no information about this, but it just seems to me that they seem realer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe you're going to get to that when you talk about the questions that you ask and what to do with the answers and how much editing is involved. But for, for short little, for capturing those little compliments and saying, You know, it would be so amazing if I could share this on my site, because I think it would attract more people like you. Um, That's that's kind of one kind of testimonial. And then the bigger engagements that I have, you know, maybe a six month engagement. I I'm highly communicative through the process. It's that's kind of my job. I feel like, you know, for a long term retainer thing, it's kind of my job to facilitate communication between dev teams and business and the business stakeholders. So I'm always looking for opportunities, not so much, it's not so much feedback on how I'm doing, but feedback on how the client feels the project is going, which reflects largely on me. So Mm -hmm. so that that's happening throughout. And then at the end, I'll, I have, you know, Sean D'Souza, his name, I presume is going to keep coming up, but (laughs) I have uh, a series of six questions that he outlines in the brain audit and probably in secret life of testimonials. Mm about, you know, uh, there's like these six perfect questions that you can present to someone that, that you've built up this sort of longer term, more personal high touch relationship with and say, Hey, you know, I, I'd love to get your feedback about how you, you know, what you thought about the project. Would it be okay if I sent over these six questions? You, you know, you can, you can say whatever you want, but if you feel like you're stuck, you can just answer these six questions It'll make it a lot easier for you. Hmm. And so I, I send those over and the most amazing testimonials come pouring out of people's mouths when they, when they, you know, follow that structure. It's unreal.
2: Absolutely. So
3: I'm super proactive about it in both cases. And I do, you know, and I think that I, I don't ask for feedback throughout, but like I said, it, there's like a high level of, uh, I'm always checking in with the customer satisfaction is I guess what I would say of the overall project so i think that it's not surprising at the end when i say hey what did you think about the engagement
2: i think that's the key thing uh there yeah like when when i say like you know it's um uh, from number one point you brought up there's like more about their feelings about the pro or their feedback about the project it's absolutely the way it should be and and test a strong testimonial focus is more on the client and their results rather than the you know it shouldn't be all about you that's yeah i don't want know, to just it, say like oh there's yeah. a
3: great guy and we really <laughs> love working with him." <laughs> exactly. i mean that's nice to hear but it's not helpful to someone who's on my marketing page and is like yeah but maybe i would hate him you know exactly like,
2: <laughs> exactly maybe maybe you guys have been friends for 20 years you know yeah,
3: like, <laughs> exactly maybe just a good personality fit it doesn't <laughs> exactly. help anyone
2: no exactly so that that's one point uh and then i think it's more just creating the expect like say, you brought up the other thing too it's it's and it's not that uh it doesn't always make that uh, Sean and Susan talks about like, you know, what's the right time to take a testimonial. It's not always at the end of the engagement. Some it's after, sometimes it's after a big win, you know, there, you know, you got to think about where, where the client's going to be, um, most thoughtful and open about, you know, what, you know, and, and, and uh, mindful of, you know, what they think about the project and, and, and their, and their experience of going through, uh, the engagement. So, um, yeah, I think that's the thing uh, a key thing. And uh, so when when you asked about uh you know, what makes it seem more real, this is, and when I talk about the you know testimonials that I do, they're they're longer, they're they're three to four hundred words usually. They're more like mini case studies. Um, so that's one one way that uh, you know the richness of you know the how how detailed they are, and how specific they are to, and also maintaining the client's language. Um, you know, I largely take their words and just, when when I construct a testimonial, it's less, it's less, uh, editing and more construction. You know, it's, I, I sometimes do have to, uh, there, there are clients sometimes that, um, uh, I, I've inter- done interviews where they started a sentence three different times and this is the way they speak is they don't always finish sentences. So there are, there is some <laughs> massaging <laughs> and, and to make, to make it comprehensible, but largely the language is, is the same. I try to d- use a, as light of a hand as possible. Right. Uh, so that's, you know, keeping it in their language, the depth and also explaining how, you know, it's not just, we got this result. It's explaining how working, with, you know, so-and-so got, you know, helped us get to this result. This is the things, this is how we got from problem to benefit and results.
3: Yeah. And this I, is the effect that it had on our business. And it was so positive absolutely. and she changed her but, life and so on and so forth.
2: Yeah, exactly. But it, it's showing that how and, and like, you know, how did you save time and money? You know, it's 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 you know, speaking indicating that, you know, it's not always in, in huge, you know, you don't always cover everything, but just giving an indication of that help because it's easy to say, hey, our sales jumped, you know, twenty-five percent. How do I know that wasn't due to something else? That's where you need to bring in those details of, you know, how how working with mm-hmm. so and so helped. So yeah, I mean, uh, like, and those the Shonda Souza six questions, which we can go over. I absolutely model my questions on on those questions. They, you know, you can't improve on them really. I I have a couple of additions, but that's, you know, those those are the core of what I ask. So, you know, that's it. like you're right to say that the it it gets it un- uncovers some of the best um, answers and the best material for a testimonial.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's a good segue into. Do you want to talk about those?
2: Sure, sure. So, uh, I like I, I slightly modified, uh, I've slightly modified them uh, just to make sense in a in a consulting arrangement. You know, um, and you know, there's there's little tweaks here and there you can make. But uh, first one, yeah, I'll just go through them one through six. You know, one. What was the obstacle or hesitation that you faced before buying the service?
3: I love that one. That's my it's favorite one.
2: so huge. Well, when you think about the point of testimonials, and I don't know if we brought this, it's to help your clients overcome their objections and hesitations to buying your service. Yeah. So, I mean, how can you, it, when when you bring them out in the testimonial, it's so huge to say, hey, I have that, you know, that's, yeah, that's my fear too, you know? Um, so.
3: Yeah. That, the same, you want the reader to think, oh, I've got the same doubts and fears that this person exactly. had.
2: Exactly, and it's it's so much more powerful than if you were to say, "Hey, you're worried about this. Well, don't worry about it. It'll be fine." (laughs) It's so much powerful. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Trust me, it'll be fine. (laughs) It's so much powerful coming from a from a client saying, "I was worried about this," but then I and then I actually follow up that question with how how did you overcome that hesitation. Which does two things. It it sometimes makes it into the testimonial. Sometimes, you know, it's not so much material, for the, but it is also helping to know, you know, is it, you know, for example, in one of my testimonials, it was, uh, you know, uh, worried about putting somebody else in front of their client. Uh, you know, how, you know, how did they know that it, I was going to, you know, be as a peer to the consultant, you know, speaking to their client. Seeing that I had a very defined process and was very professional, you know, like in speaking in those early conversations, you know, that that helped alleviate that fear. So knowing that can help inform marketing as well or also, you know, what what you need to double down on in your process. So,
3: yeah, that's really interesting. And incidentally, I think that's why speaking gigs in, in person, in real life, speaking gigs build so much trust so quickly because they get a sense of your entire presentation, your personality, your professionalness. Uh, your level of professionalism, I should say.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next ones are, uh, yeah. What, what did you find as a result of buying this service? So that's where we speak to results and outcomes. Um, follow-up question I use sometimes if the, if the client's more focused on a deliverable than the outcome, I'll say, why was this investment worth, it for your company or something along those lines. I'll I'll sort of pick that, you know, what, what changed, you know, what was better, you know, there's different tricks. This is why doing an interview can really help, you know, as opposed to just having the client write down things. It it gives a real life, a real time way to probe for more. Um, What specific feature did you like most about this service that, you know, getting them to really zone in on um, what they're, Favorite feature was uh, that helps, you know, that helps narrow it down for the client rather than trying to think about the entire service. It's like, Oh, well, it was great. Helps them be specific. And also, again, could give you some interesting data on like what your clients appreciate the most about working with you. Uh, yeah, next, I mean,
3: if, yeah. if you've ever been asked to give a testimony to someone or a recommendation on LinkedIn, it's paralyzing. If, if they don't give you some kind of guidance, it's like, it, it, I've actually just been like, no, because I've gone so many times, you know, if they give me no guidance whatsoever, I'm just like, no, I can't, it's too stressful. I can't deal with this. I don't even know. I don't even know what you're, who you're trying to attract. So if you give, if you, if you're asking, if someone dear listener asks me for a testimonial or a recommendation or, um, a referral, don't just say, you know, you have to, you have to, throw the person a bone like i'm trying to attract this kind of customer i think that your opinion will resonate with that kind of customer this is my positioning this is the direction i'm trying to go uh, you you mentioned one time when we met at a conference that you thought my thing was awesome because of this reason like remind me tell me all this stuff like just do it for me and i you mentioned earlier I've had people take my own words out of my mouth, slightly edit them and send them back to me and be like, hey, would it be cool if I publish this? Kind of like what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Yes. yes. You you said it better than I – that's the way I wish I said it, first of all. And yes, <laughs> please please post it because it was 100% genuine.
2: Absolutely. So. No, 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 absolutely. That's, that's absolutely a trick people use. I think the lost opportunity occasion, like I said, it's not always when it's not possible to do an interview, then that, that type of paying attention, taking notes during the engagement, taking notes during your conversations, even if you do do an interview, it's helpful. I had to, I had to jog a client's memory once on it and a hesitation they had, uh, you know, just like they said, Oh no, I had no hesitation at all. I'm like, well, I remember that you were worried about this when we first started. Like, can you tell me, tell me about what <laughs> helps it? Cause their memory, you know, sometimes the, if it's been a couple of months since the start of the engagement, it's the, this is not what they think about all day. So mm-hmm. absolutely giving, giving some clues and some, you know, jogging their memories helpful. So yeah. Uh, yeah. When After you get them to talk about the specific feature that they like the most it's Good to draw. Uh, what are three other two or three other benefits that they saw, and then of course t- asking, would you recommend this service to others? Usually, uh, you know, by that point they're saying yes because they're doing a, <laughs> an interview, but but it's it's still important to get it and then ask why. I've occasionally added the question, who would you recommend it to if I'm if we're trying to um, zero in on a target audience? Uh, it's not always something I you know if you already know who your target audience is, but. And then is there anything else you'd like to add, you know, that just get, gives them sometimes that's where really good stuff comes out, you know, but some, it's just good to give them uh, a chance to, um, to say that, you know, I, those are Sean's six questions. And then I add at the beginning, what challenge were you facing that led you to buy the service? I use challenge instead of problem. A lot of clients don't like the word problem. They don't like to, okay. you know, like they, they, they prefer, I, I'll say chart challenge. And if they don't like challenge, I'll give them the opportunity to say, what opportunity were you looking to seize, but you know, right. that legit, you know, massage it depending on the client that helps reveal some stuff that can be good for the testimonial that can help, you know, illustrate, Hey, that person had the same type of problem I had or, and then, uh, I also add in these interviews, what could have been improved or gone better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, those are great. So Meg, when you ask these questions, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, is that the order you ask them in? H- have you seen anything that makes you think that that's the best order? Or you, well, The reason I'm asking this is yeah. I, I feel like sometimes people need a, little, a few minutes to warm up when they're being Absolutely. asked stuff like this. And, and maybe kind of asking the easier questions first and the more thought-provoking difficult questions later. so I'm just kind of curious your experience sure. with that. I
2: I always open with what challenge were you facing that led like you to buy this service. It sort of starts at the beginning of the story. It's a right. logical spot to start. They know why they bought it. You know, it's it's an easier one to start with. Uh, so that's the one I always start with, and then moving into the hesitation. Again, I sort of move along logically. You know, and I think it helps the client to to sort of think of it in sort of a it's at the start, and then moving through the middle, and then you know, I think in, of course the third question is what was did you find as a result? You know, uh, so we kind of I guess we go beginning, end, and then that's oh, wow. <laughs> kind of the way we do it. Um, I think that you know, like I said, I think it is structured in a way that's sort of easier for the client to to start talking and and uh, and be able to express you know, like get comfortable with the interview and and with things that you know they they know the answer to. I have I have said uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah I did a client feedback engagement, which, which it wasn't um, the goal. Was not to get testimonials. It was to get um, feedback from customers only. They, we weren't looking to make testimonials out of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think I did say something along the lines of, uh, you know, but it was an internal customer. So you know, I said, you know these are not, this is not a quiz. You know, there is no wrong answer. like just to make people feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, you know, it's like, just, just say what's on your mind. Uh, another, an, another one that I've had to sort of say as a clarification, what, what could have been improved. It's weird that clients get, get, tongue, they're like, Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, even with the benefit, you know, like they'll think like, well that, you know, there were some things, but that wasn't really within their control. I'll sometimes try to get that a little bit more of that, or I'll say, you know what, even with the benefit of hindsight, what could, what could have gone better? You know, like,
3: yeah, that's great. So,
2: so that, that, that sort of helps them feel like they're not saying, you know, they're not bashing <laughs> the people that they're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. Knowing
3: what, you know, now, what could have been done differently that it, it lets, it lets them off the hook.
2: Exactly. Exactly, and it, it let it lets them. You know, they're not. They, they don't look like they're blaming the consultant for not. You know, saying, "Hey, you know what? If if we could do it all over again, it'd be nice if we could do it this way." So,
1: so have you seen questions that seem like kind of innocent questions, but they kind of have a chilling effect on the interview, or they get people to clam up accidentally? You, you know what I mean? Like, where it's sort of a, a new freelancer who's maybe doing this for the first time might not know that there's things are going to go off the rails if they ask this question have you seen anything like that
2: not so much i mean sean's basic structure is quite solid i've had to clarify the questions a little bit sometimes you know like i said and and that's where i sort of sometimes instead of buying this service it'll be as a result of working with so mm-hmm. and so, so, like, you know, it's it's making it seem you know, or just like I said, having those clarifying questions afterwards, you know helps. but I have not seen that like I said that was that was one issue where like I said the the that was uh, one thing I was experiencing was the um with the problem language. I used to say, "What problem were you facing? yeah, that 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 that's where like the clients get hung up on the word problem, so I just changed it to challenge and it, it sort of fixed the problem. <laughs> that's great.
3: <laughs> yeah. I had a related. I made a a mistake that is sort of related to your question, Philip. I, this is so dumb. It's embarrassing to even tell. (laughs) This
1: this is what I was going for. (laughs) I bet Jonathan to tell an embarrassing story. (laughs)
3: Right. No, there's no shortage. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've been a huge proponent of the six question testimonial generation and I'll share a, Picks link in the, uh, at the end of the show uh, one time and one time only, I was getting ready, to, getting ready to redo my website. And I hadn't reached out to a couple of really big clients for testimonials. These are people I've worked with for years, you know, like multiple years. And I knew they were going to give me a glowing word. I mean, we were, we were friends still, you know, it was like, they were going to, they were going to say something nice. I wasn't sure how they're going to put it or exactly what they were going to say. So I did want it, of course. And I was curious to, to, to learn how they would say it. And so I sent out an email to three big multi-year clients. And, you know, these are, you know, what you would characterize as high power people, I suppose, fairly high up in good sized organizations. And I said, Hey, I'm redoing my website would you mind sharing your thoughts and feelings about, you know, this project that we did, you can write whatever you want, but I'd be happy to send you some starter questions. If, if that makes it easier for you. Cause I know sometimes it's hard to write these kinds of things. They all said yes immediately. And I was like, great. And like a jerk, I replied with a link to a form for them to fill out with the the (laughs) questions. Uh So I I didn't want to do an interview because that would have been super awkward. Mm-hmm. because I was the one that they, you know, it was just too much. So I've, I've never done this interview format um, directly. So I did want to do it in a way that gave them a little privacy or something. So they weren't like, it wasn't that emotionally charged situation of them trying to choose their words politely on the fly. But something about the form
2: mm-hmm.
3: was so impersonal and off-putting that one of them never even filled it out. Mm-hmm. And the other ones were like, uh, mentioned it. And I was like, oh, God, that was such a jerky thing to do. Like, it made things like it was going to make th- it didn't even make things easier on my end. I don't know why I did it. It was so <laughs> dumb. So now what I do in the same exact situation, I just do it's just say, hey, here's six questions. After I get their approval that they're willing to do it, I reply with here. Here's some six questions to get you started if it makes it easier. But feel free to write whatever you want. Uh, You know, if there's something on the top of your mind, just go ahead and do that and ignore my stupid questions. But, you know, if you do need a little, you know, if you want to sort of grease the wheels, you can just answer these in line. That'd be amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm usually dealing with software developers and people who want to automate things. And this is not a time for automation.
2: No, no, that that goes right into you want to frame it as a customer service opportunity, which is you need to make it as easy. I think make it as easy as uh, you can for them, and also, yeah, make it look like you know they're not going to feel like it's customer service if you're just sending them to a form that you're clearly oh, sending. Wow. Yeah, exactly. To sending to a bunch of other people, it, it certainly removes the personal touch. So yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would recommend against a form as well. <laughs> yeah, And I mean, it, the interview thing, like, you know, I, I might've mentioned earlier, you know, like this, uh, you know, the way that, you know, y- you can, you can do it yourself. I have done it myself. You know, it, it, it is, um, like I said, when you frame it more as a customer service opportunity, it does remove some of that awkwardness. Um, but it does also, you know, the opportunity, there's a bit of a missed opportunity instead of getting somebody else to do it because um, there's that, you know, feeling that, well, like I said, there's the awkwardness of saying directly, completely openly and honestly both negative positive and negative feedback and then there's also that they know that you're familiar with the project <laughs> so they may not be as detailed in their answers whereas when they're talking to somebody like me or uh, or anybody else that you might get somebody to do you know then it's they're informing. like you know when i'm asking about a project it sounds like i'm hearing about it for the first time and so they're getting in a little bit more detail about the results that they that they've achieved and how that those you know what the benefits were and what the, you know, what their favorite feature was or things like that. So that's helpful. I do get background uh, information from my clients before I talk to the client so that I, I know those little details that, you know, maybe they're not quite, if they're not quite getting at, you know, then uh, I try to get some, you know, like I'll make sure that I know certain results that the consultant knows, you know, again, just to help jog the client's memory. But I like to hear it, you know, from the client first, you know, get that sort of, unprompted response or not unprompted because I'm prompting with the question but you know what I mean like not not coloring the response with the so yeah that's that's those those are benefits and I mean you know you can you, you know I'd say if your projects are four or five figures you can get somebody else to do it like me and you know maybe if it's more in the three figure levels then that makes more sense to do it yourself you know whether whether that's a written or, or an interview you know so
3: yeah you don't want to lead the witness
2: it comes comes
1: across as phony. Yeah. I mean, to me, that gets to a larger question about social proof in general. Like in a system like Amazon, Amazon's marketplace, people Mm -hmm. can leave reviews that they were not asked to leave. I mean, they Mm -hmm. were, maybe they were kind of prompted to like, here's a link. Maybe they were reminded to, but you can also just do it of your own initiative. And you know, with like service providers, I, it doesn't really happen that way. And I, I have this, I'm curious your take on this, Meg. Um, we all know that if someone has a testimonial on their website, the client did not just like hack into their website and put that there. (laughs) Right. Like the, the the, the (laughs) provider of those services was involved in that Uh happening, heavily involved most of the time. So, um, doesn't that like kind of, uh, taint the evidence? Doesn't that tarnish the evidence somehow? Uh, do people still believe <laughs> testimonials? Um, I mean, I, I have my own theories about that, but I'm curious your take on it.
2: Sure. Well, I think the one, people for the credibility issue is certainly getting into more detail and using the client's language that helps. Uh, I mean, it's still the person and there's, it's still a name attached and, a, you know, often, you know, and, and, and it's, this is why I don't believe in, I, I do not, as a consultant, I do not believe you should use anonymous testimonials. I don't like that. You won't talk about shot credibility. I don't, I don't think they hold really any, any credibility in the consulting space. So, mm-hmm. um, that, that's, that's the one thing, you know, when, you know, uh, there's workarounds sometimes, you know, as long as you can put a name to it, that's, that's, that's the key thing. A real name. That's, that's for for sure. I mean, in terms of like, do people look at a site and think that, you know, like I said, that the consultant has really tainted it or like, you know, that, you know, are these authentic? Um, I think, you know, people know too, that it's, it's not, um, you know, that, that, the client is still willing to go through the process of giving a testimonial, you know, that, that helps to know. And especially like I said, I think it it counters them with the length of them rather than just the short, you know, so-and-so was great, you know, and, and was great to work with. And there, we jumped our sales, you know, 20%. That alone might not be enough of a proof, but, you know, I, I think, you know, you're right that, you know, not having, let's say, both negative and positive reviews and not having an open forum where you just, you know, it, it is different. But I don't I, I think, you know, that there's a certain expectation that I think as long as you do everything you can to make your testimonials uh, by make, I mean, like get your testimonials to be as authentic as possible. That's why I like leaving in those like languages of like what obstacle or hesitation, you know. What were you facing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having those little points of drama, or you know, of the the little points of doubt, helps. You know, so.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's it's like demonstrating that you get it.
2: <laughs> that, mm-hmm. You know
1: exactly. that, that your work is uh, relevant.
2: Exactly exactly and like I said I think I think the biggest thing you can do is put as much you know social social proof with your testimony if you will like pick if you can have a picture on their their name their title their you know their business then you know it's easy to check up on whether or not this person's a real person you know link to their website possibly you know
1: so cool okay yeah. well we should wind our way to pics before I do that though Meg I want to ask if if there's like some other important, you know, kind of main idea that we've not had time to talk about thus far that you mm. want to make sure people know before we wrap up?
2: Sure. I think, I think just the important things to the, you know, to be able to get a testimonial from a client, you know, and to get them consistently, you know, make a part of your process, you know, have it, you know, that way it's, 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 you can frame it as part of your process to them. It's part of your process to you. You know, you're not waiting to try to decide on when to ask or to just incorporate it in your process, you know, and, and, you know, have a repeatable process of, you know, uh, the request and the gathering of the testimonial. That's, that's huge. And, um, yeah, framing it as a customer service opportunity will just, you know, make everybody feel, uh, less awkward about the whole thing. So I think that's the only point we really didn't cover. Um, if uh, if people want to to have you know to learn more about what makes a strong testimonial and uh, what you know what mistakes to avoid, uh, I have put together a cheat sheet on the mistakes to avoid in testimonials and and how to avoid them. That's uh, um, at megcumby slash cheat sheet. So M E G C U M as in mom, B as in Bob, Y that's my name. Dot com slash cheat sheet. Uh, it's just a brief guide that will help people learn how to get stronger testimonials and uh you can download the pdf there
1: that's awesome so let's
0: do some takes do you run your own freelance business or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side well then you need fresh books fresh books is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients on the invoice that says pay me now and it's a great way to grow your business plus FreshBooks is offering a 30 day trial that's right 30 day trial if you try them out so go to gofreshbooks.com slash dev chat and enter dev chat in the how did you hear about us section once again for a 30 day trial go to gofreshbooks.com slash dev chat and enter dev chat in the how did you hear about us section
1: Jonathan Picks Oh, well, I have a
3: I have a plethora of picks this week, so I'll try to fill in the gaps. Awesome. So first, people can go to. It sounds like Meg has a perhaps a slightly improved version of this, and perhaps she uh, can share that link if she does have one. But if not, people can go to experienceofproblem.com/slash/building-the-perfect-testimonial-with-dashes-in-between-all-the-words. We'll link to it in the show notes, but. On that page, uh, with full credit to Sean Souza, I have a list of the six questions in case you're, dear listener, furiously taking notes and rewinding the episode. Uh, you can just go get them. And those are, the, those are the exact questions that I send to project length clients after the fact. So if we've had an engagement of six months to maybe three years at some point, I'll send them those questions. You can see the output of those questions. At which, which I think might help give you an indication of uh, how powerful those questions are, by going to expensiveproblem.com/testimonials. And uh, what you'll see there is actually a list of testimonials that are the sort of spontaneous variety that I described earlier, where somebody just kindly gave me a compliment and maybe said how my mailing list has changed their business or something like that. And I, you know, I reply with, uh, "Oh my God, that's so nice to hear. Can you would you mind if I use that?" And you can see there's there's a whole, there's probably geez I don't know dozens of of short testimonials that are of that variety, and then at the end there are links to three student testimonials that are of the six question variety that are much longer, like Meg said, maybe 500 to 2,000 words. Uh, so you can check out what those look like. You can also go to jonathanstark.com and there's some testimonials on my homepage for my mobile business that are derived from those same six questions, so you can get a sense of what the output of those look like. And finally, after my week-long off-the-grid trip into northern Maine last week, I'm going to recommend the Ninja 3-in-1 Slow Cook Cooker as an amazing piece of kitchen equipment that even I, as a horrible, I barely know how to boil bacon, but you can cook just about anything in this Ninja three in one slow cooker. So, just a totally random pick for me, but I am in love with this piece of kitchen equipment and I can't find my way around the kitchen. So, uh, if you're into delicious food that you don't know how to, you don't need to know how to actually cook, big thumbs up. It's also easy to eat, which is nice. It's That's got, my kitchen job is cleaning. So,
1: it's got, it's, it's got triple fusion heat. Wow. It's got everything, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's so, right, right.
3: testimonial so, about it. <laughs> tons I would be happy to. I'll go on their Amazon page. Jonathan, so, what
1: was the challenge that yes. this helped you solve?
3: <laughs> yeah. I wanted to eat delicious food, but I didn't know how to cook it. For $100, Ninja industry keel, one slow cooker made me a hit at the dinner party. And oh, cleanup yeah. was a snap.
1: Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this, Jonathan, they have a four-in-one cooking system as well from the same company. I, that, I... That's not new and
3: improved, <laughs> as seen on TV. Is it?
1: Probably. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm pretty sure ours is from QVC, so it might be a one of a kind. But the the uh, it's it's amazing, frankly. And I'm picky about my kitchen equipment. We don't even have a microwave. Mm. It takes in too much space.
1: Anyway, nice. that's it for me. All right, we're we're in, breaking new ground here. Meg, how about you? <laughs>
2: Sure. Um I mean one is a book that uh the wonderful Kai Davis uh recommended uh to me, which was uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller, um, oh I guess and Jade Papazan as well. Uh basically, you know, helping to, you know, it's kind of a huge mind shift to to realize how to focus uh to achieve better results and cut through with clutter and you know, focus, you know, uh, the, one of the favorite quotes from that, that I actually, one of the favorite myths at bus is like the myth of multitasking and saying, even when the term was invented for computers, computers actually don't multitask. They just switch back and forth really, really quickly. So <laughs> multit- the, the, the idea that you can multitask is a total myth. So that, and a lot more of the, just, it, it, it's a nice short, I don't like long, books that are, you know, super thick. So I, uh, I appreciate a short book that has short chapters and, uh, this one, yeah, was a really good read and helped to focus, you know, you know, pick, pick what to, what to work on and what to focus on and what can be, you know, shelved for later. So that, that, that's a book I've been recommending lately. And then for, for pleasure read, I, I just recommend anything by David Sedaris. He does short stories and essays. And, uh, I, again, with my, my, uh, that's a fiction, you know, book for that I do for pleasure that, uh, you know, I, I, find it hard to get through a big thick book. You know, I, I look at words and write words and read all day. So I, I, I prefer something short for, for pleasure reading. So.
1: Oh, yeah. me, t- me too. <clears throat>
2: Something you can put down and it, you won't be confused if you picked it up two months later.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. So, Meg, one more time. Folks surely have questions. Some folks mm-hmm. maybe are in a place where they need to hire you. Others would just like to learn more about getting good testimonials. So can you kind of point them to some way to contact you and then also remind folks about where they can download that checklist?
2: Or sure. That, so or that
1: cheat sheet. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no problem. Yeah, no. So uh, my website, megcumby.com, uh, that has my email at it with, uh, on it, which is uh, just uh, meg at megcumby.com uh, and also explains my main service offering there. And then you can download the cheat sheet at megcumby.com slash cheat sheet. Um, again, it's M-E-G-C-U-M as in mom, B as in Bob, Y.com slash cheat sheet i feel like i have to say my name sometimes and spell it out because no it's it's not a common name that people uh, come across all the time and uh, people tend to misspell it so.
1: right on yeah. well meg thank you so much for joining us today that was no great problem.
2: yeah it was my pleasure
1: thanks to all of you out there in podcast land for joining us too um we'll be back next week with another episode bye for now